appreciate the time. Want to get into the album and the tour, of course, and uh, and look back on a couple of things. But, uh, dude, let's start with the uh, the new album, State of Emergency, loving it. And I understand you moved to New York recently, too, and kind of curious the timeline with the album and the move to New York and all that, or move back to New York, I should say. Yeah, it's an interesting question because I started the record when I moved back here and it was part of the plan. The label asked if I wanted to do another record and I said, sure, but wait till I move back. So it was in conjunction with that move. So we got an apartment, my wife and I and the kid and uh, just started uh, carving out some time. And doing it that way. It was like doing an old record. Like it was like doing one of the old prong records and writing in my son's room when he wasn't there and just weird. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was it, it's sort of a return to New York kind of vibe in that record on this record. It definitely feels that way. It definitely feels a little bit dirtier and a little bit meaner and, and a little bit pandemic fed up, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean. I was living in L.A. during the pandemic and, uh, you know, my my boy has a speech delay because we didn't speak to anybody for a year and we didn't have any communication with everybody because it was it was so crazy. So, you know, in L.A. how things were. But, uh, uh, yeah, pandemic, media, infiltration, all that stuff is on the new record. Uh it's just a, it's crazy time. So that's all. That's all I get is, is that information. So it comes through me and into the song. So <laughs> I love it, man. So many great jams that descend, breaking point, non-existent, and uh, non-existence, I should say. And I was really shocked at the cover at the end of the album, the Rush cover, Working Man. Kind of curious where that idea came from. I started listening to a lot of old records when I moved back here. Stuff that. I was listening to when I first started playing and it, the weather was really dreary uh, when we moved and it was just like snowy and cloudy and it, we didn't see, I didn't see the sun for a while. It was just like, so I really got into these old records like volume four and the first rush record. And uh, man, I was just jamming it a lot. I was like, that riff is so great. And, uh, we just jammed it in the studio and everyone decided that we should just do a version of it. And, uh, it was sort of by accident a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, it fits, it wouldn't be top of mind for, for a prong doing a rush cover, but it, but it certainly uh, works well. Yeah. I mean, it's the first album, so it's not like completely prog rock. <laughs> uh, it's like a doom metal song, but not that prong is doom neither, but, I don't know. It's, being a trio definitely works. I mean, Rush, Rush was like a riff-oriented group, and uh, the power trio thing, you know, was Prong has had a fourth member here and there, but ninety percent of our uh, career, you know, uh, career has been as a trio. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even think about that. The the trio aspect totally, yeah. totally works, man. And uh, looking forward to this tour, this co-headline tour with Voivod. We got you in Southern California coming back to the scene of the crime on uh, Sunday, March 10th at the Fonda Theater in Hollywood. And I imagine you go way back with the with the Snake and Away and all those guys. Yeah, I mean, my first tour was opening for Voivod. The first, uh, yeah, pretty much the first national tour. Uh, and we played uh, in Reseda 
with Soundgarden. I think Soundgarden handled that show with Voivod and Prong at uh, the, what was it? The Country Club was there. Yeah, it was on Sherman Way and Cedar Boulevard. So that was my first time I've ever been to L.A. Too. I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> it was like such a culture shock. I was like, "This is so weird, this place." And uh, I remember we are my booking agent at that time. He goes, "You want to take a look around?" I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, this. Where are we? As he's like, "Well, this is the Valley," you know. So it took me downtown and into Hollywood. I was like, "Wow, this place is cool," you know. So. Uh, it's like my first experience with Los Angeles was on a Voivod tour. <laughs> interesting and interesting at the country club. I'm sure you're expecting like the whiskey and like the sunset strip. And then here you are at a country club. Yeah. I mean, that, that, but that club was cool. I mean, yeah, you know, I, mean, I guess metal is sort of a, the Valley is sort of a metal was a metal place. I think, you know, uh, yeah, the hair metal at FM station and, you know, then there was a lot of other places around it. But oddly enough, I, my first, and then when I, I finally moved to L.A., I sort of got stuck there. Uh, the first apartment that I got was sort of in that neighborhood. Yeah. And I didn't even know it. <laughs> so I didn't really know much about California. I mean, at Los Angeles and especially. And uh, I just like, it's like, wow, this is cheap. This, this is back in the day. $300 a month, man. Like, studio, that's cool. It was a one bedroom. Like I'm going there, and I looked at, it, I go, "This is fine." And he's like, "All right." I mean, that's when apartments were easy to find, and yeah. it was cheap in Los Angeles. <laughs> so one of the reasons I got out of there because it's so damn expensive. So no lying about that, man. That's for sure. And kind of curious with this tour, man. Is it a flip flop? You guys flip flopping each night, or how is that going to work out? No, out of respect for them. I mean, and, and for other reasons as well. I, I mean, I want them to close the shows, and they agreed to doing that. So. uh yeah, I, I don't feel comfortable. I mean, they they their legacy goes before us. We were sort of influenced by Voivod too. Like <clears throat> when the band started, we were into Voivod a lot, and Dykroitsen and Voivod and Celtic Frost and Creator and Destruction and you know Bad Brains, Chromags, and all those great old bands from the early '80s. You know, yeah, makes sense. And then and then the tough part putting the set list together, like how many of the new songs can you swing in, plus all the classics you got to play. Well, we've been doing the the new songs, and they've been going over really well because we did a lot of touring in Europe last year. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, like a, a good chunk have been played a lot, and they were going over really well. I mean, if they were sort of fizzling, I wouldn't have done them. You know, I, I would say, like, just stick to the classics. But they've been going over really well. And uh, I think we're going to do Working Man, too. We're not going to do the full ah. regular version, but we're going to do some of it. And then, um, you know, the – Typical old classics. Then we got some real, you know, Jason Christopher, the bass player, wanted to do some real deep cuts on on, on this tour. So we're going to pull out some weird ones, too, like that we have not been doing at all. So interesting. It's going to be a good mix. Yeah. Can't wait. And then uh, we'll change it up, too. Like, I don't think we're going to play the same set every night. Interesting. That always makes it fun as a, as yeah. a listener. And, you know, you had mentioned that European run. I know Bittner went out with you on that run. He's not doing the States with you, is he? No, he did the first run. Uh, that was in January last year. Then we were back two times after that. Jason's great. <clears throat> he filled in, uh, uh, and uh, he did a fantastic job. And we would have loved to have him back. Uh, <clears throat> he's involved in so many things, and you know sure. we couldn't really get him to continue with prom. Man, I would have loved to have seen that though. Him bashing away for you, that would have been yeah, it was really good. 
would have been epic. You know, I got to bring it up. It's the 30th anniversary, I'm sure you know, of the cleansing and just wanted to look back on that a little bit. Big decision at that time to, to start working with Terry Date for the first time. Yeah, I mean, it was to the opposition of our label. I mean, they did not want him to do the record. <laughs> uh, we, were on a, you know, we were on a major label and they, they wanted, you know, like a plethora of uh, other producers. So we fought for him. And it worked out great. I mean, they still didn't really, they really didn't know what to do with prong. I mean, it was, it was a weird thing for them, but, uh, you know, that was our strongest record. That's the record that did the, the best. And, uh, KNAC played the hell out of snap your finger, snap your neck. And I think without that, I don't even know if the band would have continued. I mean, you know, having that, that hit quote unquote, you know, has still kept the band alive. I mean, that, that was an important record and, you know, Terry nailed that record. It was a great experience. And, um, you know, uh, we made the right decision with him. Was there any band in particular that you listened to that made you go, oh, no, I got to work with Terry? Was there one album in particular? I think it was Louder Than Love and then it was Soundgarden record. Uh, I think he did an Accused record that we liked a lot. And he did a bunch of like, Sanctuary and then Pantera. I mean, he he was doing a lot of stuff back then. Yeah, I was just curious if there was like that one record that made you, made you go to him. I don't know. I mean, um, it was probably one of the Pantera records. I think you know, it, it was you know that that was you know either one of the first three. I guess I don't remember the timeline when the prong record came out, but so you know the guitar, <clears throat> the guitars production on those records are so good, and I wanted to do that. I wanted prong to have you know good guitar production, like you know really cleansing is sort of a guitar record in a way. It's like where simple but uh guitar is way up front in the mix and it's just sort of a riff record in a while a lot of ways even though we had the you know, the dance metal song of snappy <laughs> finger snappy neck <laughs> you know speaking of that tune in particular the other part that jumps out really is the bass line and certainly got to get a uh, rest in peace to paul raven the late bassist uh, who was on that track yeah i mean we're a huge killing joke fans from the beginning i forgot to mention that earlier and um uh, it was amazing that Raven got involved in that. Uh, Troy, our bass player, quit. So we were sort of stuck. And uh, I knew Raven did a re he, from doing a remix for Prong. And I was like, he's calling me up. He's like, oh, what's going on, man? And I'm like, oh, man, we're looking for a bass player now. This freaking Troy quit. And he's like, I'll do it, man. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. It was simple as that. So Wow. Yeah, he came down and, you know, we learned all the songs and it was great. And last thing on that album, man, that, that album cover is always so classic with the eye sticking out on the fork. Who, whose idea was that? Where'd that come from? Another one of those amazing things. I mean, that's like sometimes I always say that, uh, you know, that, that, that these things sort of just happen because, uh, like, the more you, more have prong as planned stuff. <clears throat> the, the more it's not worked out. Like we had a different cover <clears throat> that I had and the, the label did not like it. And this whole process actually delayed the, the release of the record. <clears throat> they didn't like the cover. So uh, I was in with Terry, actually. We were uh, hanging out and I think that, I don't know what we would eat. We had like some shrimp cocktails or something. And like I had like this this cocktail fork I was like, you know what, you know, like, 
you know, I'm sick of these, uh, you know, this, you know what, we'll, I'm, I'm going to make the album cover like now, like, you know, like, you know, F them, <laughs> I don't know, like the most ridiculous thing ever. And he's like, uh, he goes, well, maybe we could just, just go to the butcher shop and get like an eyeball. Sent, sent the runner out to go get a, get a, a bullseye from the butcher shop around the corner. And we just put it on a piece of paper <laughs> and a, a newspaper, this random paper that was laying there. And I stuck the, the fork in there and we sent and we were like, this is what, this is the album cover now. And we weren't even like, hardly even serious about it. And, uh, we took a, a picture of it and faxed it over there and they were like, this is great. Wow. I figured that would have been something that you would have had to fight for with the label, you know, that kind of No, cover. they like that one. <laughs> so, which is cool. I mean, yeah. Speaking what they didn't like was, you know, we didn't have band photos. We, you know, like that whole trip wasn't on the cover and uh, they, you know, had a problem with that. Dude, one other album I got to bring up to you, uh, not not as old as that one, but in this day and age, we all listen to music online and Spotify and all that. And I was shocked to see that one of my favorite prong records, Power of the Damager, not on Spotify. I got to try to get it on there. I mean, uh, we, uh, we're going to, I guess, we have to go through, uh, I don't know, another, another service to get it back on there. So... Uh, I wanted to get it remastered. First, they, we were trying to remix and remaster it. Mm. Maybe we won't. I don't know. So, uh, you know, it eventually will be. So that's that's something that we got to do. Okay. I'm kind of on the business side. I'm always like kind of you know, lazy or whatever. <laughs> yeah, especially when you got a new record coming out, too. It's hard to look backwards. I get it. I get it. But yeah, I mean, new records. Uh, we're trying to get out the old ones. We're trying to get some rights back, blah, 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 you know, all that. Well, man, I appreciate all the time. Last couple of things I wanted to hit you with. It's been great to see the past couple of years in our neck of the woods in the Inland Empire, Ontario at Ontario Arena with Danzig playing Danzig 2 last year and then, or no, two two years ago and then Danzig 1 this past September. And, right. And uh, great to see the, both of those performances. I'm curious for you, man, having to learn both of those albums and then playing them in its entirety. Do you have a favorite out of one versus two? Is do you prefer one over the other? Uh that's a good question. I mean, uh, I think that uh, Lucifuge, I like it. I think it's more developed record. I think it's it's a better record. I agree. Uh, uh, the first one had its impact. You know, it has mother on it, but uh, I, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Lucifer is but one of my favorite records of all time. I think that, like, uh, the guitar playing is fantastic on that record, and uh, uh, I was those those shows are very nerve wracking for me. Like, you know, it's, it's hard <laughs> trying to copy John Cry stuff, and then you know, we had those were big shows, so uh, uh, they they were successful, but it was very it's a very difficult gig for me. <laughs> is there any any song in particular that stands out that you're like, ah, oh, crap, I got to play this one, or or that was maybe a little bit tougher than you imagined? Uh like I'm the one. I, I, that's kind of tough because it's just like I'm not really like a like an acoustic guitar <laughs> guy. Like that, just <clears throat> you know, that could sit there and like with a vocalist, you know, I mean, that's not my trip. It never was like, <clears throat> so that playing like a blues slide guitar 
thing is something I've had to learn and try to figure it out somehow. I love it, man. It was it was a great performance, and I understand you were the kind of the one too telling Glenn like, "Hey, let's just stick to the first three records. That's what people want to hear." I mean, yeah. I mean, we. I mean, it's his band. I mean, like the. I, I just. I'm. I'm not. I think that the the you know. I'll take the Fifth Amendment, but I mean the the, the first <laughs> three records are the best ones. I mean, it's just for me they are. You know. I'd slide four in there too. I think the first four, but I'll say three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge Danzig Four record for the fan either, too. You know, it's just like hmm. <clears throat> Lucifuge is the one. You know, for sure, man. Well, hopefully, we get another show and, and some more Danzig dates in the future. Yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I hope so too. You know, it's like uh, it's yeah, you know, Glenn and. Glenn is great to play for and you know it's it's just a lot of fun and you know he's awesome so it's cool I'm getting spoiled out here you know two years in a row of shows I'm like I need another one now you know speaking of of band of Danzig and and your uh your other guy on stage uh Steve Zing great to hear you on his uh Black 29 record yeah I mean uh it's been a while I mean it, it that was a lot of fun you know like Zing is great I mean we uh he He's, I, I would do anything for him, like, you know, to help him out. And, uh, you know, it's, we were thinking of, since I live out here, I mean, getting the jerseys a little hard from here. Like I live on the Island. So, but, uh, we were thinking of doing like a, another band or something down the line. So, uh, I'm still into that idea. That'd be killer. That'd be killer. Yeah. Like something something easy you know something that we could just I mean, he's a great singer too like you know, so uh you could utilize that somehow and, and have him play the drums at the same time with the headset or something <laughs> uh, i don't know maybe just have him sing you know have somebody else will do all that that'd be killer man uh tommy i appreciate all the time last couple Thanks, of things Mike. i wanted to hit you with uh the big feature we do called mandatory metallic every night at 10 p.m and you recently just played with those guys at the uh metlife stadium show last summer talk to me about that getting that phone call and then playing that show well that was amazing uh it it, it was it was another one of those stressful situations because it was outside the uh at MetLife Stadium. So they set up a big stage out there and uh you know it, the the generator kept shutting off. So uh. they eventually got one in there and it worked and you know uh, they were really good to us. We got backstage, we're hanging out. So um it was a it was a fun time. The show went over great man. Like people were really into it. That's like <clears throat> we were never we, we hit them with a lot of new songs from state of emergency. And I thought like some of those songs went over better than, you know, the other classic. So that's where I'm like, wow, okay, this is going to be a pretty good year. Awesome. And I'm curious, do you go back with the Metallica guys? I mean, they're a California based band, but I know they had the whole like New Jersey and metal militia and stuff back in the day. Is that when you met them like CBGB days? No, I met them. I met them actually at the stone when we played there back way back. I think it was like, maybe 89 or 90 or something could have been on that Voivod tour actually. Ah, interesting. Interesting. And yeah. last uh, Metallica note, I've been having this little debate and curious to get your, uh, your take on it. Been debating the greatest Metallica album and kind of narrowed it down to the second and third ride the lightning versus master of puppets. If you had to pick one out of those two, which one would it be Tommy? It's ride the lightning. I mean, that's like a, 
I mean, I, I still am baffled by that record. Like, I listened to it. And I'm like, how did they do this? What? Where does this come from? Why? How did this happen? It's like, it's so crazy good, you know, like, and just so different and so amazing. And they never really, I mean, Master Puppets is brilliant and as well, but they never really captured that again. I mean, it was just a strange, weird, amazing album, the whole thing, you know? Still felt, sounded like they were kind of in the garage at that point on Ride the Lightning, like guys just trying to get out of the garage and record. Yeah, but I mean, the record sounds great, but it's like the rawness of it. But, you know, the guitar playing obviously is unbelievable on it. And, uh, you know, it's it's the, the hooks, the everything about it. And it's not a low budget. So, I mean, how did they do this? I, that, that was the main thing. It was like, how the hell did they were able to do it? And why and how and <laughs> it always it always brings up a lot of questions with me that record. It really kind of feels like their debut record in a way because there were so many covers on on the Kill 'Em All record that it really kind of yeah like yeah. And just to put a button on it, do you have a favorite tune we could play for you on Mandatory Metallica? Do you have a favorite Metallica song? Uh man. I mean, I, I hate to go into the covers and garage days. I mean, like I, I'm really a huge Wait fan. I mean, it's just this killing joke, you know? Yeah, I love that song. Love that yeah. one. Small hours and everything on that record. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time and the great Thank music you, and can't wait for the show in Hollywood. Thank you, man. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks a lot. <laughs>